0: No, 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 no. You done got me talking politics. I didn't want to. No-
1: recording chair in two months. Is it? Yes.
0: Well, thank you for your time.
1: That is okay. I I thought, what better way to reinvigorate myself and re-motivate myself to record than talking to you, sir? that is
0: an honor and a privilege, my friend. And uh, and I feel like, I I don't know what the laws are uh, in the future and in Australia, but I feel like I should let you know that I am
1: currently recording. (laughs) <laughs> uh, anything you anything you say will be taken down and used as evidence against you.
0: Man, it is good to talk to you. We have we you know we've chatted here and there, but we have not connected uh, verbally
1: in four months. Was the last time, which sh- yeah. That's right. It's when we did uh, when we did. Oh, uh, uh, that one movie. Uh, the movie with the mustaches and the cravats. Yes.
0: Uh, oh, the giant electric scorpions.
1: Uh, Damnation Alley, that's the one, and it was awesome. I remember it well. On the plus side, I have been listening to you, and as always, you've been doing an awesome job. Oh, well, thank you, sir. It is
0: good to hear, as feedback comes few and far between, but usually I just say, unless people are yelling at me, I'm doing all right.
1: That's exactly it. Unless they're actively protesting outside your house, yeah. I think you're okay. We're not gonna
0: protest! We're not gonna
1: protest! We're not gonna protest! We're not gonna protest! We're not gonna protest! We're, We're not gonna protest! We're not gonna protest! are not gonna protest! protest. Not, not gonna protest! protest. Not
0: gonna this is not good. This is We're really not good. Go so far, I've been careful not to disclose my location. And the helicopters, the helicopters have kind of stopped. I don't know if you remember early on, there was always a helicopter flying overhead.
1: I do. I do recall that. That yes, there was a helicopter, and then there was a, a pizza van, an oddly white pizza van that would drive
0: us <laughs> Dan Aykroyd came out of nowhere, going pop 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 popcorn,
1: popcorn. Hey, if you want a father, I'll give you a spanking. Yeah, forget about it. Look, the employers are getting us a lot cheaper because yeah. there's so many more of us. Well, after the Berlin thing, what can you do? Soviet block collapse, the market's right? flooded. Okay, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at consolidated bargaining. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't want to play against you. This thing is real.
0: <laughs> I feel like he played a couple different characters uh, or styles of character in this movie. I guess since we're going to ramble anyway, I'll just get this out of the way. Welcome back, The Witch. We are talking Gross Point Blank, and this is a favorite of yours.
1: Oh, It is, it is one of my top three John Cusack movies and probably one of my top ten all-time favorite movies.
0: This is probably up there. With top John Cusack movies. I like that, you know, he works in his love for fighting and kickboxing. Yes. Carried over from Say Anything, if not something before that. Uh, I would have said Say Anything would have been the first one where,
1: you know, Say Anything probably came before One Crazy Summer, I think, and that was Say Anything probably had the most kickboxing and fighting in it.
0: I thought about this quite a bit, sir, and I, I would have to say, considering what's waiting out there for me, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed or repair anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. So uh, my father's in the army, he wants me to join, but I can't work for that corporation. Um, So what I've been doing lately is kickboxing. Of course we play, you know, fast and loose with the rules here at Psycho-Semantic, but how could we tie this in To the themes of the show, but I think it speaks for itself. And just go follow John
1: Cusack on Twitter. He's political as fuck. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. John's not afraid to say what he thinks uh, about the way the world is being run at this point in time.
0: I know you're just sort of waking up there in the year 2055
1: uh, on Saturday. (laughs) A day ahead and 400 years in in the future. That's right.
0: I am happy to keep catching up or we can get going.
1: You know me, I love a chat. I love to chat to you anytime. time, but it is your show. And uh, you know what? Why don't we just do a little bit of both, maybe introduce the movie, a bit of a chat, and then we'll just go from there. As is your want and what the people love.
0: It is what the people love. At least that's what I hear. And they wouldn't lie. You wouldn't lie to me, would you? No. You're only Come hurting on. yourselves if you lie to me. <laughs> so yeah, gross point blank. Uh, everything ends with an E except for blank. 1997. American crime black comedy film directed by George Armitage, starring most of the Cusacks, but especially John and Joan.
1: Oh, I love a bit of Joan. She's weed, but I love a bit of Joan.
0: Yeah, we fell in love with her with toys or oh. as the girl with the neck brace that uh, Jenna Elfman plays tribute to later on in the film. But this may be one of my
1: favorite roles of hers. Mini driver,
0: yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah.
1: Don't downplay Mini Driver. Look, at her prime, Mini Driver was all right.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just it—it's a shame. Well, not, I don't know about a shame, but it, a little bit of the wind is out of the sails when you're saying, you know, Joan Cusack, John Cusack, Alan Arkin, Dan Aykroyd. Mini
1: Driver, yeah, certainly. Look, it, it's a steep road for her to go up against. But yeah. I nothing think she against well. her. Yeah, nothing against no. her.
0: She did great. She was funny. She mm. reminds, you know, she probably easily reminds many people of. Their long-lost high school love and gross point blank is
1: exactly ten years after high school.
0: when uh, traditionally, here at least here in America is the first high school reunion. I don't know if you do do stuff like that. I know the school system's a little different.
1: yeah, we look, we kind of do we we tend to have like twenty five year reunions because ten years is not long enough for uh, some of the anonymity to go out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know to, the 25 years you just sort of go, oh, yeah, I kind of remember you, and it's okay. 10 years, so, some of the wounds are still a little fresh.
0: People call in Dan Aykroyd and his turtleneck-wearing friend, or uh, oh, H- Hank Azaria
1: is not even listed. And yet he's it, it, it is it, it is Hank, but it's it, it's pretty famous Hank, if I think, more than anything else. No one no one cared about Hank Azaria at that point in time. Yeah, he was Despite just the fact that he was voice doing stuff. The Simpsons. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was really just doing The Simpsons, and that was it. Um. <laughs>
0: John Cusack's an assassin. Dan Aykroyd is... Uh, see, he keeps talking about... Uh, very early on in the movie, Dan Aykroyd approaches... Shit, what's his name? I'm drawing a complete... Blank. Mm-hmm. see it. I hate that. Something blank.
1: What's, what's his Ma. name?
0: Mark, yeah. About starting a union, but it kind of sounds like a monopoly.
1: I mean, Ackroyd justifies it by the fact that after the fall of the Berlin Wall, the the market is wide open, and that you know everybody's uh, the uh, the people that are paying for killers are getting them too cheap, and they, they need to unionize in order to uh, ensure their profits.
0: No overlapping. No, uh, as we'll see later on, uh, what what brings John Cusack back to the Gross Point neighborhood of Detroit is a contract of unknown topic for most of the film uh, that Dan Aykroyd was gonna get and yes
1: not happy no no and I mean Dan's not happy through a lot of these people to be honest
0: <laughs> yeah this is possibly the angriest I've seen Dan Aykroyd in a film if, unless I'm mistaken about something. Yes. Uh,
1: and without judging
0: it is Dan Aykroyd at his chubbiest that's why he's taking all those special pills
1: that that's exactly it. It's it's yeah. He doesn't take them, he
0: ingests them. Yeah. I don't take it. It was prescribed by my neurophysiologist. Yeah, I'm just, that's right. they <laughs>
1: putting it in the water. And they probably already are by now. Probably. I'm gonna put a bullet hole in your fucking forehead and I'm gonna fuck the brain hole. Nice talk, sugar mouth. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is Dan
0: Aykroyd Yeah, it's nice talk, sugar
1: mouth.
0: <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't even know where to start this is it's a, for as as much stuff as happens in this movie it's it's very simple it's boy left town boy comes back and he confronts probably former best friend and Jeremy Piven his the girl that he bailed on on the night of prom before he went off on his uh his life journey of the next 10 years yes. his house is a convenience store
1: or what do you call those and no, it's a convenience store. It's a okay. yeah, it's a seven essentially it's a 7-Eleven, if you will. It's just a rebranded job. With with the video store attached to it, which you just don't see anymore. One stop shop. Now they yeah. Yes. Yes, but you can never go home, but apparently you can shop there. You can shop
0: there. To the kid in the Detroit Red Wings hat is understandably nervous at the questioning. <laughs> where do you
1: live? Where's your where your manager live? I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you. I think this movie is, is, is about going home, right? It's, a, it's about two things. It's about going home, and it's about the fact that no one thinks that you ever change. And when you come back and show that you have, no one believes you.
0: That's kind of supported by it. I mean, how many times does he say, it's not me?
1: Yeah, it, it's not me. It's, it, it, it's not me. It's just, if I turn up at your door, odds are you did something to bring me there. And it's just like, but, you know, he's up front from the very beginning. What do you do? I'm a professional killer. And everyone goes, Ah, oh, that's so funny. And it's just like, no, no, seriously, this is what I do.
0: Man.
1: And no one believes him. And it went off and joined the army, took
0: that psych test.
1: And like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it got loaned out to the CIA because that's where all the professional killers are. Um, and then, as, as everyone does, goes into business for, for himself. And clearly there's plenty of money in it because uh, John Kuzak's payout looks quite hefty even by 1997 standards he does profit sharing
0: speaking of unionization
1: yeah. and workers' yeah, rights yeah. and
0: everything like that he's got a great memory i i have to i still have to always look when i'm doing my my bank account so, <laughs> but you know that crusty joint that he crumbles up later is probably the last oh. one he really had yeah does wonders to the short term memory
1: yeah cuz but he's straight edge you know he doesn't drink during the movie you know he drinks he drinks club soda yeah, he doesn't seem to do any drugs, so obviously, now that's, that's part of his, his his whole thing. He's just straight-edging down the line.
0: Yeah, well, until after, <clears throat> is it right after he kills the guy in the hallway with the pen from his friend who runs a car dealership? I thought he ordered no, two it's... vodka tonics.
1: Uh, no, see, they, when they first get into the reunion, he orders two vodka tonics, but he doesn't drink one. He doesn't drink his. Maybe driver drinks is and when they get back from killing La Poubelle. Uh, orders Jeremy Piven orders uh, whiskey, and he orders a club soda. Okay, so yeah, he's keep, keeping a clear head. Yeah, uh, well, you know, if, you, if you're going to kill somebody with a pen, my my guess is you've got to be you know in full control of your faculties.
0: Wasn't the that guy the the killer? His kickboxing instructor?
1: Yes, in real life? yes, that guy has done like hundreds of kickboxing and karate movies he's uh he was like a european champion and a whole bunch of other stuff he is like he's like the real deal
0: it is i sydney Feldman. oh been overseas have you
1: save a dance for me
0: (laughs) i didn't go to my 10-year reunion i you know i kept in touch with the people i wanted to keep in
1: touch with and half my friends were from other schools anyway yeah no we had a 10-year reunion uh, for the high school that i went to and i intentionally never went um, I have never, never gone to a single reunion for my high school, uh, despite the fact that it is probably only I don't know, fifteen minutes from where I live. <laughs> you uh, spent enough time there. Yeah, I, I did spend enough time, and uh, I think out of out of everyone that I went to high school with, I may have run into maybe less than a handful in the the thirty-plus years since I left. And uh, every time it happens, it, every time I see them, it is—it's a weird, like, situation. Like Kuzak, when he goes, "Oh, this is what I did," people go, ah, ah, ah. and they look at and they go, "No, seriously, this is what I'm doing," and they go, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and it's just, just and I look at you, and go, "Yeah, you're doing exactly what everyone expected you to do.
0: You're in real estate or something." <laughs> I let see—I think I was on on tour with my band when my 10-year reunion came up, and I, I went to two high schools. Uh, I went to one. For freshman and half of my sophomore year, and then I switched. So I will know. It doesn't happen much, and it hasn't happened lately, but I know when I'm running into somebody from my first high school because I had a really annoying nickname given to me by one of the jock dicks in in gym class or phys ed. Um, I had a Green Day shirt, as you do. In Of course. course.
1: They were handed out to you as you left your house.
0: Yeah. So whenever people call me Dookie, I know that I know them from when I was 14 or 15.
1: Yeah. So And you know what the thing is? As soon as you see Green Day, I automatically read, it was Dookie. Yeah.
0: It has to be. That's that's the worst Green
1: Day-related nickname that you could get. There's a country town in, in central Victoria called Dookie. Spelled the same? Yep. Exactly the same. Hmm. Driven past it many times.
0: I wonder how long they... Uh, had to go before they could stop replacing the signs every couple of weeks
1: oh. or is it out out of the way oh it, it's it's probably about oh a good two hours out of Melbourne. it's a long way out like it, unless you were driving like unless you were leaving the state you probably wouldn't go past it okay so no no pilgrimage. but uh, I, I think during that period it probably disappeared more than a few times <laughs>
0: like uh mile marker 420 and all the places yes where... still not legalized in this country sadly that is so weird. It's, it's relatively a lot more progressive than my country.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's got more to do with the the fact that, um, you know, big tobacco and all that sort of stuff still has uh, an element of control here.
0: And, and here we've got friend of the show, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, uh,
1: good old Mitch. Trying to, Everyone's foul.
0: Trying to raise the smoking age in his state to 21, which... You know, whatever, whatever. But I wouldn't think that that would be a thing that he would do.
1: Yeah, seems like an odd thing to do. And seriously, um, if we're just talking about tobacco cigarettes, the cost of cigarettes—you'd have to be twenty-one and have like three jobs just to afford cigarettes. They're way up
0: there since since the time I quit.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I quit like twenty-plus years ago, and I—you know—it was relatively easy. But I still work with people that smoke, and they go, you know, it's like thirty bucks a pack or something. It's something you've seen, and I just go. That that's just insane. I, I mean, I know an addiction is an addiction, but seriously, if it was costing me that much money, I just go, you know what? I'd give up. Uh, you know, that's a that could be a slab of beer. That could be the, <laughs> that, that that could be like you know, feed a family of four for two days.
0: <laughs> Although there is a lot of smoking in this movie, it is very 1997. Yeah. And I just realized Mini Driver's dad in the movie plays. Wasn't he on a show with Jenna Elfman, Dharma, and Greg? Yes, I think he was.
1: He might have been Dharma's dad. He, yeah, he was one of the dads. He was dead. I mean, he, that guy is built to be a dad. I mean, look at him. He just <laughs> says dad. He says armchair, drink, television, dad. Go! I lost my bet. Yes, you beat the Millennium. I
0: lost my bet. <laughs> Contract killer. Oh, it's a growth market. There's really, really funny writing in this movie. Yes. John Cusack helped. Yes. And he said a couple different things. One of the things he said was he sort of thought about it as a dark comedy about the American dream, mm. uh, people doing horrible things and then going home to normal lives. And uh, an extension of that, he was also thinking about the Bush-Reagan times.
1: Okay.
0: Which, I don't know. I mean, Bush was what? Bush, Bush initially was sent to be the head of the CIA and it was thought of as a career
1: killer. Yes yeah 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 he somehow turned it around,
0: you know he loved it, he thrived there uh he he said, or it was described as him feeling as if that it was like skull and bones that fraternity mm. that he he and a bunch of other presidents and uh wealthy, powerful people have been in it was like being in skull and bones, but with the american industrial military complexes budget. <laughs> yeah, uh so yeah. if there's going to be assassins running around and uh, we mentioned Hank Azaria. He's in the NSA, and he's put into play.
1: Now, that must have been the early days of the NSA, though, right? Like the late 90s? Uh,
0: how old is it? It's... There's so many of those places with letters.
1: Uh, yeah, let me understand, so it's CIA is internal, FBI is external? Or is it the other way around?
0: CIA is external, FBI is right. internal. FBI is like the American police and like federal
1: police yeah
0: yeah and the nsa is similar the nsa was founded in uh, 1952
1: oh really do you guys something new yeah.
0: national security agency oh you're the guys i hear breathing on the other end of my phone no that's the fbi we're not chartered for domestic surveillance oh i see you just overthrow governments set up friendly dictators huh? no that's the cia we protect our government's communications. We try to break the other fellows' codes.
1: We're the good guys, Marty. Gee, I can't tell you what a relief that is, Dick. All right, that's enough. But then there was all, obviously, there was all the homeland stuff that came in the late 90s. Yeah,
0: I mean, late 90s and then the fucking Patriot Act just turned everything
1: Yeah. crazy. See, 9-11 was a conspiracy to enable that, just letting you know. Just in case you know. you haven't, <laughs> had haven't had enough craziness on your show. Yeah, 9-11 was an inside job to allow the NSA to uh, bring forth the Patriot Day.
0: Which most people, except for Michael Moore, didn't read. <laughs> and it just got signed. And it was such a wonderful time. And that's when we all thought, well, many of us here in the States thought, this is the worst presidency we're going to live through.
1: Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thought, no, I can't get any worse than this. How <laughs> wrong, how wrong... We all were. Across the globe, everyone, we all were. We all thought, you know, there was a point where everyone thought, you know, rating was as bad as it was going to get. You know, then we had, obviously, you know, George Sr., and we went, oh, Jesus. And, yeah. And look where we are today, folks. Look where we are. (laughs) Look where we fucking
0: are. But, I mean, I feel like this movie... Well, fuck, Joe Strummer did the music. Oh, yes. Such a fucking soundtrack.
1: Oh, and I was going to say, we've not even touched on the soundtrack for this movie, because it is... And awesome. There are so many, you know, despite the fact that you know a lot of them were technically, you know, from the eighties. To regardless of whether Debbie was having an all eighties final weekend, <laughs> uh, the the track the tracks on this are fantastic. Although it still astounds me that Ace of Spades was never included on either of the, the two albums that they released, which is kind of weird. Because the, the 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 convenience store guy has it on his headphones when the convenience store blows up. Um, and it's, it's such an important part of that that whole scene, yet it's not on either of the soundtracks. I hate when they do that. Lemmy probably said, fuck that shit. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that shit, I'm not what they're not getting my money?
0: I don't know, we're just kind of loving all over this movie, but I don't know what anybody expected us to do.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to tie it to the, like, the political climate, and I don't think I can, d- despite the fact that, it, look, I think these things happen. Uh, I think they're the, your internal security forces... Absolutely breed professional killers. That is. How did they get it straight out of high school? They do, and
0: they it's it's you know the fragility of impressionable youth, and yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, I think we did did a little bit you know with the uh, unionization and profit sharing and uh, Dan Aykroyd would have been a horrible uh, again. Well, I guess maybe he could have ruled like Jimmy Hoffa
1: or something like that. Yeah, I, I would have seen him more like Scarface, to be honest. <laughs> if Scarface had unionized the cocaine business, that's what Dando Dockroyd would have been like. I, I
0: love how he always has the two guns. And yes. he has so much fun. He's just running around like he's in a video game. Just <laughs> popcorn.
1: Yeah, just shooting the crap out of the and then throwing his guns away. Just emptying them out and just throwing them away. It is, It is fantastic. It's not dissimilar to... Billy Connolly in the boondock Saints. That's another one of my top ten movies, and fantastic. I haven't seen that one in a while.
0: I, I was not a, such a fan of the second one.
1: No, the, the the second one not so much, but the first one is uh, it, it is a, a fantastic piece of cinema.
0: Some directors, like the, yeah, you know, I I don't like, I, I feel weird watching the uh, the Jeepers Creepers movies and stuff because of that yeah, director. the director yeah. shit he did, but. You know, th- there was that documentary about the guy that made Boondock Saints. And that's like a different kind of asshole. It's it's a yeah. thing that it doesn't really affect my intake of their art.
1: Mm. Yeah, it, it's not the point where you were so offended that you go, you know, I, I want nothing to do with you. Everything, everything related to you was colored by the things you've done. You just go, yeah, look, you're not a good human. Let's be honest.
0: Did you have a. A Bobby, a Bobby Beamer character from your high school.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, we, we did have a Bobby Beamer, and uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's I don't think it's just high school. I think in life, everyone has a Bobby Beamer. He's just a complete fucking tool, um, and ca- he's carrying around just grudges from who knows how long because that's all he's got. That's all he's got. And if you just stopped being such a dick for five minutes, you'd actually work out that he was a decent bloke. These are my words. He's. he's for a while.
0: We'll skip ahead to the end. <laughs>
1: For a while, but the, the whole, the yeah, you know, the whole thing. Of, do you want to do some blow? It's just, yeah, yeah. I I know, I know those those people. I still know those people, which is quite sad. Um, do You want to do some blow? No, no I, don't.
0: no, I don't. No, I'm gonna go find that guy that offered to roll a fat joint. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll hang out with him out
1: back by the bus garage. And the the Jeremy Piver moment. I think I think everyone's had that like when they first see each other and they, ex- they exchange the absolutely, you know, like essential, the you know, Hey man. Yeah. Really good. Bah, bah, bah. You know, took up the working week and it's all just, just bullshit platitudes because that's what everyone does. And, and, and then all of a sudden Piven just snaps. It's like 10 years. Ten years. I thought you were in a cult. <laughs> Going to come back with a recent paper pants. <laughs>
0: and he shows that a, what do they say real friends know where the bodies are buried and your best friend helped you put it there
1: that's exactly it and there are very few people that I would trust to help me put the bodies there his character he was a solid dude he's pretty good that was based on um, the the guy that wrote the the uh, uh, the words I'm going to say the words because I can't remember the, the right word for it uh, wrote the script it was based on like his best friend from when he was in high school, I think for I vaguely remember reading something about that. It's got an authentic feel to
0: it, you know, Yeah. <laughs> even though it's about assassins and, you know, the yeah. kick-ass fight scene in the lockers and all that other shit. It's, you know, th- these are people that, you know, these are people that you recognize. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But and, and I think that the, the Pippin character, it's, it's very much a guy thing. Like guys can not see each other for 10 years. And you go, and you still go, Hey man, here you go. Yeah, good. You know, and it's all, it's all cool. Uh, and, we're not 100% interested in what happened between then and now. You good? Yeah, cool. What's going on? Yeah, not much. What, what's, what happened? Ah, oh, stuff. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> Want a drink? Yeah, let's get a drink. All right, let's go. I told you, I
0: went into the army, and now I work for myself. I'm a hired killer. i given it up because I saw the ocean on fire?
1: Yes, in the Gulf. So,
0: so the Gulf the War, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I would have presumed so at that point in time. And, uh, although he was out there at work. He was obviously killing somebody uh, and saw the, the ocean on fire. Although I think the uh, the pivotal moment, or, or the moment of shakabuku, as, um, as Mimi tells him, is, is when he meets Robbie, the baby. With the face. Yes. Going to turn everything around. Yes. Because but... babies will do that, or they'll throw up on you. It's that's a, <laughs> difficult to tell. <laughs>
0: I, I hear my Shakabuku is torturing his mother at an outdoor production of uh, Shakespeare
1: right now, so... Fantastic! What I love about children is they have the capacity for both. To be so incredibly, just, torturously evil. And in, in the very next minute, be the most loving, wonderful, generous creatures on earth.
0: I, I would agree. I mean, uh, the other day he had a moment... But then uh, he, he came downstairs and he said, You know, dad, I'm sorry. I got so angry. I was like, Holy shit, you're just
1: four. Yeah, not, just going, what the fuck? Like five minutes ago, you, you were going to tear this house to the ground yeah. and everyone in it. And now it's like, oh, I'm sorry.
0: Using all your profanity. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fuck. He uh, said that it, before. He'll just be like, It's a fuck.
1: It's a fuck. Uh, I love, I'd say I love it when kids do that. And I, I will tell you a, a bizarre story. One of one of my friends, um, to this day, has uh, a child's drawing uh, on their fridge. Now, the the fact that uh, it is actually probably more than forty years old uh, is probably the bizarrest part of it. When uh, so our, our friends, uh, she was one of one of three girls. Um, she was the eldest, and her, her, her littlest sister um apparently was very upset there was a big difference between them and she drew a picture of um the house and two of the girls in front of the house and one of them in the very far corner which was the biggest of the three and across it it just said amanda is a (laughs) fucking and my friend amanda still has that picture and is on her fridge right now
0: oh yeah frame that stuff
1: yeah, Amanda is a fucking. F- and it's, it's become it's become part of the uh, part of our lexicon in this house that yeah, if you are a fucking, that's it. You are a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fuck. Gotta love it. I, I, listen, I love when little kids swear. It's awesome. Yeah, I
0: I really try not to laugh when he does it because I know it just you yeah. Know.
1: It, it, well, you know it makes it worse. But I think as as his dad, you're allowed to. <laughs> Despite exactly. what what you know, what his mother may think.
0: Well, you know, she still takes the blame for some of the better words. <laughs> Admittedly, she—I'm not blaming her; she blames herself.
1: So, yes, well, that's right. Yeah, as, as all mothers will want to do it from time to time.
0: As yes, as they are, and uh, John Cusack's mother in *Gross Point Blank* has uh, some form of dementia.
1: Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I'm guessing she has dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that. Um, and again, it's never really explained. It's not dwelled upon. You just know that, obviously, he had a difficult childhood.
0: Yeah, they they explain a lot of that uh, very well. This movie, I feel like it's close to two hours, but it does not feel like it.
1: Oh, no, no. No, it doesn't drag. There's no point where you're going, oh, it's dwelling too long on this. I mean, yeah, he, you know, he visits his mother in the hospice or whatever it is, and, you know, says, what happened to the house? What happened to the money? And she just goes, they stole it. Oh, I, I, I don't do money. yeah as as people with you know alzheimer's and those sort of things tend to do that it's very low on their priority list and he just has to accept it um they get his father relationship
0: out of the way in about 30 seconds
1: yeah that's it Uh, a cheap bottle of scotch just tipped on his grave and that's it and it's from from that you you know straight away that clearly his father was an alcoholic um and they didn't have any kind of relationship that was just terrible and he,
0: he died uh, two years after he graduated.
1: Yes. And clearly, he doesn't care. Martin could not care less that that man is dead. Certain moral flexibility is that yes Yes, yes. bottling up the bit from from his mother uh, when to the toy, and, and she says, You're a handsome devil. What's your name? <laughs> that, that, that gets me every single time. Uh, uh, and I've actually used that, you know, like seen an old friend and just gone, you're a handsome devil, what's your name? And it says, like, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? These things stick in your brain. But, yeah, it, it's but it says so much about, the, you know, the fact that obviously she's not in control of her mental faculties, that, you know, from minute to minute, she really has no idea what's happening. And, and he, uh, as the child of that, has to, has to deal with the fact that his mother doesn't necessarily even remember who he is.
0: Yeah. Uh for some reason I was thinking a lot the last time I watched this, uh I was sort of thinking of uh the, the relationship between Sam Rockwell and Houston in uh choke. Oh okay.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: We will not start we will
1: not tangent all the way into another film that neither of us saw. <laughs> That that is a mighty big tangent, although it is a gosh darn good movie. I mean, you know, that and, and that's one of those things with and I think John Cusack movies is always a um uh, a very understand understated but emotionally charged element in there um and you know you know if you dwell on that that stuff with his mother that you think about you know do you think about if your own mother didn't know who you were everything was was completely gone and you were the only one that had that that memory that so the the how how the fuck would you deal with that
0: all right and yeah make <laughs> yeah. super mutant cgi sharks like that lady in deep blue sea
1: Yes. Yes. or well, maybe, maybe piranha sized sharks like great white piranhas. Ooh. Yeah. You can go either Spot way. Look. But the, one I, of those I, two. I love a good shark. Movie. I love a good shark. Movie. You can never have too many of that, but you know, like, you know, they're saying, I the think, you know, that's obviously the, the, the other Kuzak movie that is quite emotional, you know, when obviously he's loving, you know, he finds out his love interests. father has been, you know, stealing from old people. Um, and you know, all that sort of stuff. There's all, I think there's something about Chris that, that makes him include just that, that one scene that's really, like, has heavy emotional overtones, and then it just moves on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Your dad is a dick. Okay. Yeah. Now back okay. to our
1: lives. Yeah, now, now back to kickboxing with a small child.
0: Better Off Dead there was also uh, some, oh. some some high school with some emotions. Yes. Very dark. You yes. think about? It. I used to watch that all the time when I was a kid. And I missed so much of that shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. You watch it as an adult, and you go, "Oh, there's so much more going on here." You know, all the stuff with with his his mother, like she is completely off the rails. Yeah. She she is she is well and truly um, she she's a menopausal mother, and I can say that because my mother was menopausal. uh and like so the like dishing up the weird food, um, the, the stuff that's got like tentacles in it, and <laughs> it's still moving. I remember to this day, like my mother, during that time in, in our lives, um, asking me if I wanted a bacon sandwich. And I said, because like, it was out of the blue. but I was just like, yeah, I'd love a bacon sandwich. And I got a bacon sandwich. It was made with brown bread and boiled bacon. Oh.
0: <laughs> she boils uh, bacon in that movie. Yes! <laughs> that's,
1: that's why it was... So, that's why it stuck with me. <laughs> and it's just like... And Because I've asked my mother about that, obviously, since that time. She goes, I don't know what I was doing. I really don't. <laughs> there, there, there was just, yeah, there was stuff going on that I didn't understand. None of us understood.
0: I mean, humanity has had an awkward relationship with bacon. Yes. Since
1: time yes. immemorial. Bacon is delicious, but uh, you know what? <laughs> I think it's, it's, no, it's delicious. I'm, that's what I'm going to go with. It's delicious. Some of some of the delivery elements are a little sad, but bacon is still delicious. Although I will not, I will not tolerate turkey bacon. I feel that like that is an front. I
0: feel like I haven't had turkey bacon since I started doing my own grocery shopping.
1: Mm. Uh, I think I think we like we had it when when Costco first opened here, and it was one of the things that was in the like vast um, refrigerator section. And we went, "What the fuck is turkey bacon?" Because uh, tur- turkey is not a thing really here. Right. we 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 don't have them. Um, they're actually farmed, and so, like, you know, we can have them. So it's not, like, common food. Um, and I remember seeing turkey bacon, and we bought it, and I went, you know what, well, this is a lie. This is just a lie. You might as well have served me up faking. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that soy baked bacon with colored, beetroot colour dye or something
0: in it. It's they, just... They tried to indoctrinate us early when they in, introduced Baco's, and it took about three years before we found out about that. Yeah,
1: that's right. It wasn't really... Yeah. Look, uh, if you if you have a legitimate medical need to to not consume delicious delicious animals, then okay, I'm all right with that. But don't force it on me. Don't, <laughs> don't. If we weren't supposed to eat animals, they wouldn't have been made delicious. All right, that's just the way it is. I'm at home to it, and as long as it's done in a fair and reasonable way, you know what? Everything dies sometimes, and as John says, you don't get the juice. Let me. While we're talking about like fake meat, I, I have to ask you a question. Now I understand that Burger King now has what is it the the, the Awesome Burger or whatever it's called. That has...
0: Impossible Burger.
1: Yes, the Impossible Burger. I, I, have you eaten said Impossible Burger?
0: Not from Burger King. I got uh, an Impossible Burger patty from the grocery. And okay. Cooked it at home. Okay.
1: Was it suitably delicious, or was it like?
0: It was the best non-meat burger I've ever had, and I would say it might even be better than turkey burger, speaking of turkey meats.
1: They die. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, I, I like turkey, but I'll have <laughs> steamed hams, as uh, Principal Skinner <laughs> would say. Uh, mm, give me my hams. steamed hams. Um, it, it's all right. I, I have not gone to Burger King, though, when I do randomly eat fast food, which is very few and far between anymore.
1: Yeah, that stuff will kill you that will kill
0: you i could thank a high school job at mcdonald's for sort of turning me away from that stuff so i haven't gone there although i did hear uh i I forget well it's always in new york or california but uh in one of the more populous cities on the east or west coast there was a restaurant just serving beef and calling it the impossible burger oh really very very recently yeah see that seems well funny um
1: Morally reprehensible.
0: And, and I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe it costs a lot more for a restaurant to get it, but the mm-hmm. the patties that I got didn't seem to cost any different from okay. ground beef. Um,
1: so it's, we, we only sort of get it as a... That um, like you've actually got to go to a specialty place to be able to get them uh, at the moment. But I'm just quite I'm quite interested, despite the fact that you know, look, I am accountable and I will stay accountable. Uh, but I'm, I'm always curious about other things. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to try. And uh, you know, I think Mimi says, you know what, you just got to try. You know what? It, it's...
0: Yeah, I was curious, and uh, you know, the, the missus is a vegetarian. She didn't yeah. used to be. And... Is she just vegetarian, or is
1: she like full on like vegan?
0: Oh no, she she loves cheese and uh, ah. all that. You know? <laughs> Leather boots. She just—I—I I, I forget what it was. It was sometime before I met her. She just decided to stop eating meat. She almost ate some meat when she was pregnant. She said she was feeling a craving for it, and I was like, "Well, you know, let me know. I'll—I'll I'll do it for you."
1: But... If if you want it, I will go out and kill an animal. Just, yeah. just tell me. I'll go now. Tell just, me. Now. Uh, look, I—I I know what what. Uh, what pregnancy can do to another human being, uh, and you are willing to support them, however possible.
0: Exactly, and uh, you know, little dude sort of goes back and forth. Uh, he hasn't really. He, well, he, I guess he would, he's more like me. He eats meat and vegetables mostly, mm. but he, he eats more meat than anybody in the house.
1: Girl <sighs> bodies need that protein, though. Yeah, yeah. girl yeah. bodies need protein. See, so, and and I'm only asking because my my daughter is is sort of she's. Uh, piscotarian, I think it's the... So it's only oh, fish. chicken and fish. Chicken and fish. Um, and I only... Um, I think more because uh, I think red meat upsets their stomach. Um, and it's, I mean, it's neither here nor there, and you know, I'm quite at home to it. But I also work with a a very hardcore vegan, and there are times where it's just so hard to deal with. <laughs> the preachy kind of vegan? She She's a very preachy vegan about... All the things that are going to kill me uh, in what I am eating at that point in time, um, and it's just like, you know what? Just I don't judge you on the on the stuff that you eat. Some of the things that like hardcore vegans eat, I just look at it and go, uh, you know, what it just doesn't interest me. It doesn't look tasty. I mean, I'm, I'm not anti-vegan, or even you know, if you're not going to do it. That's right. If you have a need and, you know, your your body can cope with it or whatever else and you're looking out for yourself, then by all means, go for it. But on the reverse, um, if I choose to eat steak, uh, delicious, delicious steak, um, or, you know what, eat a sausage. And apparently the sausages are the the worst thing in the world, according to this young lady, uh, because... well, there's there's a place near near where I work that um, basically that's all they sell. It's just so there's about eight different types of sausages. You can get you know onions or bacon or cheese or in a roll and four oh, different types of sauce if you want. That's and it's fantastic. Wonderful. Oh, look, there is there is nothing better than a um, a homemade chorizo, which is uh, a spicy Spanish sausage, uh, in a fresh bread roll. With just a little bit of tomato sauce, it is fantastic. Um, <laughs> oh, look, you know, and, and I've tried to explain to her, you know, listen it's not like I eat it all the time, and the the place I get it from, it's it's right next to uh, a butcher, and you know, the, the, the butcher's really good quality and everything else, and uh, and it's just like you know, it's not like it's being farmed cruelly. No, it's just not right, and it's gonna it's gonna kill me, and you know, I should be ashamed. Oh. It's like no, I refuse to be ashamed because this is delicious.
0: I got lectured by a vegan. I, I I I will also say that I'm not attacking vegans as like 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 a religion, but no. uh, there are there is a a type. But I got lectured on my way home walking walking home because I like to walk. I like to take public transit yes. by a vegan for how horrible the meat he saw in my grocery bag was for the planet for. Really? not a really long time, but it was like a guy that knew we knew some of the same people. Yeah. But then he got in a fucking escalade and drove away, doing, you know, way worse <laughs> to the planet than my fucking. Yeah, I was just gonna was.
1: say, yeah. Yeah, like, he's actually like literally killing the planet as he moves in this time. And you're just going, you know, I've got beefsteaks, man, shut up. Although, having said that, I think probably the the funniest rant I ever heard from this young lady, and that's it, it's not all vegans, I'm I'm respectful, um, is the fact that I told her that we had had kangaroo for dinner. um, And that was apparently an absolute abomination that I could eat and and serve my children, which seemed to be what she was most upset about um, kangaroos, which is a national icon and is on our coat of arms. And I said, yes, but it's really, really delicious. Um, And they do reach plague proportions in certain parts of the country. And I know that, you know, where this came from is actually part of the official color of those animals. And to go with it, we also eat emus, the other animal that's on our coat of arms. So shut up.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I know emus are not like deer, but when I was little, I always kind of thought of kangaroo as like the deer of Australia.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's a it's a very, very gamey meat. Uh, but yeah, look they do there's areas where they reach play proportions and they'll knock down fences, they will <laughs> they will disrupt cattle, they will do all sorts of when there's enough of them and you know, they can get, you know, into 30, 40, 50 in a mob, they will just ride roughshod through everything. Um they're incredibly destructive. And if you hit one in the car, uh, there's actually a good chance that it will kill you. Because they're pretty big, right? Yeah, well it's not only that, is that well, they are big and they'll do damage to your vehicle. So your vehicle will, will come off. But a lot of the times, when you hit, like if you're going obviously relatively fast and, you know, kangaroos are out in the bush and all that sort of stuff. So you're driving on, you know, country roads, that when you hit it, it'll actually come through the windscreen. And if it comes through the windscreen, um, the sheer size of it and the power that is in their, their legs will rip you to shreds.
0: It's not good. Does not sound good.
1: Yeah, so just imagine hitting a deer and the deer coming through the, the windscreen headfirst like with a full set of antlers and just going, you know what, if I'm going, I'm taking you with me, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, gross point blank. There's not a lot of blood in gross point blank, which is interesting, I think. There's not an emphasis, despite the fact that he's a killer, there's not an emphasis on the blood and guts in that movie.
0: I think the most blood is when he, he cuts himself on the old school TV, the 1997 TV. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yes, and he hits, um, hits, uh, uh... Fucking
0: it off Dan Aykroyd's head.
1: Yeah, off his head, just bang. Just big break in TV. Fuck the front time, bitch. What I love is that he's on the floor, and it's still sparking, and I'm just going, oh, that's going to mess up your shit. Yeah, and then there's blood rip But that's probably the most blood in the whole movie. Like, even when he kills La Poubelle. There's not a huge amount of blood. This is the John Cusack meat-loving, pen-stabbing fanatics hour. Yes,
0: it is. And
1: and we've enjoyed talking about John and a little bit of Joan. Despite the fact that... Has she got a hair lip, or is it just the way she speaks? I think it's just the way she speaks.
0: Because I've seen pretty close up, and and perhaps it's it's movie makeup. But Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's just uh, she's got like a... A bit of a pouty lip yeah. that
1: leads into a interesting sort of drawl. Yeah, she 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 has a very distinct speech pattern and and everything. I mean, it's, it's not here you or know, It's just one of those ones because you because I, I like the first time I saw it, I wondered whether it was an affectation, and then I realised that it was just that's how she speaks. Um, and of course, you know, when she's in toys, uh, you know, when, uh, that was probably the time where I went, oh no, it is actually just her. Toys, which also has LL J in it, which still amazes me to this
0: day. Speaking of Deep Blue Sea, oh. see, we bring it all together. We're, there, there's yeah. a method to our madness. But speaking of method, uh, let's take a really quick break, maybe play an 80s song, maybe play a, yeah. a promo for your wonderful show, or, or both, who the fuck knows. And we will be right back to talk about more stuff.
1: You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, The Doomsday Clock. You can extract The Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for W-Y-C-H on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, soundcloud tune in and on your android device which versus the doomsday clock is a proud member of legion podcasts so prepare yourself the podcast ice is gonna break show me show me
0: show me how you do that trick
1: How are you going with Transmetropolitan? I'm liking it. I'm, I'm still in the first issue, uh,
0: but yeah. I, I sat down at a coffee shop the other day
1: and I am digging it. Yeah, it is really cool. And well, so, excuse me. when you get when you get further into it and talks more about the political stuff, there are some very, very scary similarities to um, the current way your country is being run today. And this was written in the 90s, right? Yeah, by, by two two English guys, and it's, yeah, there's some, there's some I remember when when your current president was was elected, and I went, oh my fucking god, because I'd already read it by then. It was just like, and there was stuff happening. And I'm going, this is like almost identical to what's going on like today in that climate, and it was yeah, it was very freaky. I
0: thought I thought that it was. I thought we were in the dead zone up until the yeah. election because there were so many times. Where he held that baby up like a human shield in so many different forms. Yeah. That I was just sure that, you know, we were gonna have the 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 copy of Newsweek that talks about him disappearing into nothingness and God uh, fucking damn it.
1: Now where's where's Martin Blank? Yes where where is he? Martin Martin is a product of that environment. The absolute land plot what is it? lead, lead plot cruelty? Yeah, visionary.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It is truly deserved. But no, that that book, it is an awesome, awesome set
0: of books. I think uh, we we very well may be rebroadcasting by this point. We might have started around when you asked me about Transmetropolitan, if not before. That, that,
1: uh,
0: what is it? We just talking. We are here, sort of ta- talking around. I think we talked more about Gross Point Blank than uh, Duncan and I talked about Return of the Living Dead way back when. But, uh, <laughs> Still also, one of my favorite episodes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. See, you gotta just let it all happen in the first year and then yeah. it's all good. Just relax. <laughs> and at our John Cusack 1980s love fest. We forgot to speak about Alan Arkin as the psychiatrist.
1: Uh, Dr. Ortman. Shouldn't you be taking notes or something? I'm not taking notes Martin, because I'm not your doctor. Please don't start with that stuff again. Martin, I'm emotionally involved with you. How are you emotionally involved with me? I'm afraid of you. You're afraid of me. And that constitutes an emotional involvement, and it would be unethical for me to work with you under those circumstances. Don't you think maybe you're just upset because I told you what I do for a living, and you got upset, and you're letting it interfere with our dynamic? Whoa. Martin, you didn't tell me what you did for a living for Yes, th- I did. You didn't tell me what you did for a living for four sessions. Then you told me. And I said, I don't want to work with you. And yet you come back every week at the same time. That's a difficulty for me. On top of that, if you've committed a crime or if you're thinking about committing a crime, I have to tell the
0: authorities. I know the law, okay? But I don't want to be withholding. I'm very serious about this process.
1: And I know where you live. Oh, now, see, that wasn't a nice thing to say. That wasn't designed to make me feel good. Yeah, <laughs> no, you can't say things like that. you didn't mean it. Yeah, you did. You said it and you meant it. <laughs> Again, at that, that point where apparently everyone was going to the psychiatrist because that's what we did. It was the 90s. Everybody was finding
0: themselves and giving up multinational assassinations.
1: That's right. They they were taking stock of their lives. And as Manny says, leave your livestock alone. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I love this movie way more than I should. Um, I mean, this is
0: a fun movie. And uh, it's not for everybody, but if it's for you, it's definitely.
1: Oh, yeah. I think once you're on board, that's it. And look, I was, I was talking to um, my former podcast partner and, and long-time friend literally just last night um, when I, I posted up that I was watching um, Gross Point Blank and, you know, he said, you can't go wrong with a Cusack movie. And I, I you know, agreed and We were chatting back and forth. And I said, you know, give me your top three Cusack movies. And, and this is in his top three. It's in my top three. And like you say, if, if it's for you, it is 100% for you. There's, there's no middle ground. You, you you either love it or you just go I don't get it
0: if you've made it this far we didn't spoil everything for you just a couple, no. a, couple a couple lots yeah. of things but it's also
1: we, we didn't spoil the indie, which is probably the most important part
0: exactly and it's what 22 years
1: old yeah I, I, I think you know what if you haven't by now go and do it and you'll still enjoy it even if you've listened to every word of this and while you do it have a juicy juicy burger without turkey bacon no no turkey bacon have proper bacon and eggs, and actually beetroot. I know the Americans don't have beetroot on their burgers, but beetroot on a burger is fantastic. Um, that is a very Australian thing, and uh, yeah, have that and, and wash it down with some full sugar soda and the alcohol of your choice. And if you're
0: in America, get Mexican soda because it's real sugar, not high fructose corn syrup.
1: See, that's right. It's made with cane sugar, which is see when when we when I say sugar, I mean cane sugar. I actually mean, like, actual fucking sugar that comes from the plant, not high-fructose corn syrup, which I still don't understand. We've um, got shit here that's banned in so many countries. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not surprised because it's just – it is weird. Um, I know there's an American, like, food store here that, you know, sells all sorts of stuff, and they, they have, like, like crates of Mexican Coke. <laughs> and it's made with real sugar, and it's just like, yeah, but all of our soda is made with real fucking sugar here. <laughs> Oh, no. No. You gotta look for it here.
0: Like uh, Martin Blank looks for a meaning of of his life. Well, before we go, I have to ask you, you had said it has been about two months since you sat down to to podcast. And I could cut all this little chunk out right now, but uh, do you have anything that you want to talk about? You're planning, you're gearing up, you've got a lot of fans.
1: As it happens, um, this is my valiant return to the microphone. Um, I have uh i think three or four already recorded episodes that i did with guests and i have to record two solo episodes which i'm going to do in the next couple of weeks uh and get back to the doomsday clock uh which is very exciting so um a lot of stuff's been going on and if you follow me on facebook you would have recently seen a post that said i uh, it got a new job which is fantastic and uh so, the plan was to, as soon as I secured uh, a, a way to keep a roof over my head, I would get back into it. So, yes, I'm going to get back in the saddle, uh, obviously, doing this fantastic show. I've also uh, lucked into uh, the Teapots 1990s top 10 uh, through uh, someone uh, stepping out, which is obviously unfortunate, but uh, good for me because I get to step in and I'm, I'm in with the guys doing 1994 and 1995. Ooh, so, that'll be coming nice. uh, uh, yes, really good, really good movies in, in those two years. Uh, so I think that comes out July, August-ish. Uh, but before then, you will be getting a veritable multitude of episodes of Witch Versus the Doomsday Clock as I get ever closer to uh, Hour Zero and Episode 100. And at this point in time, I have not decided exactly what's going to happen when we reach that milestone. Exciting. It is exciting, but we'll wait and see. So, yes, the... Uh, it, The fantastic part is that, yes, this signals my return to the microphone and to an element of creativity. And you know what? I could not have thought of a better way to just ease my way back into it it, outside of having a fantastic chat with you about this movie, as I said, which is in my all-time top ten.
0: Hell-fucking-yeah. Thank you for doing that. I also look forward to speaking with you on the round table, the 1990s oh, round table. Oh. I am doing
1: 1990 and 1996. Ooh, that that, that two, years, two years that are very, very different. I think there's going to be some hurt feelings. I think there's going to be some, some very strong opinions. And uh, yeah, I, out of all of them, like the 70s was, was great. The 80s was a flat out love fest. But I reckon this is the one that's really going to, there's going to be emotionally challenging because there's people that think like the 90s is complete rubbish. And others that, you know, hold up so many different things and go, it's great. Uh, and there's movies in there that people are really like, legitimately passionate about. Uh, and, you know, other people go, going, that's just the biggest pile of steaming turd I ever heard of. Uh, I, I know in my group there was a fairly, uh, fairly passionate discussion about Interview with a Vampire. See the announcements in, in the, you know, the universal group. And there's people going, what, what, what no, no, how could you do this? It's just like, oh. And yeah, I think that it's going to be fantastic. People that are really, really passionate about the stuff that they love and equally as passionate about the stuff that they don't.
0: So that, that'll be fun. I'll look for that. Always happy to plug podcasts under the stairs.
1: A good friend and, and uh, a massive supporter of the community, Duncan McClough.
0: I mean, is there anything else left to say besides fucking watch the movie if you haven't seen it? And if you have seen it and you own it, watch it again. Or it's on HBO. It's on HBO right now.
1: Look, I wouldn't be surprised if it was on Netflix and any number of other streaming services. And if nothing else, go out and have an All-Ladies Vinyl Weekend. Don't forget to duck and
0: cover, my friends. Bye.